Welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. I'm your host, Suze Chadwick, certified business and mindset coach, author, and speaker. Each week, we'll be talking about simple but powerful business and mindset strategies that will help you build a lean, clean, and profitable business so you can learn to get out of your own way and pay yourself more. Forget average, it's time to level up. Hey, lovely. Welcome back to the podcast. Amazing to have you here. I am just back from two weeks in Bali, which was amazing. First time that we've gone there. I loved it. Apart from the traffic, everything is fantastic. So we will definitely be going back. And I have to tell you, my lovely business friend, Erica Reitman, who I've had on the podcast before, she always talks about the million dollar CEO mindset and creating million dollar CEO mindset experiences and things like that. And I have to say, I did feel like that when I was in Bali because it was my husband's very special birthday and we really went all out. We hired a villa, private villa for the first week that was fully staffed by Bali Family Villas, shout out to them. And we had this incredible staff and we had a chef and we had a 24-hour butler and it was just so luxe and amazing and we felt so special. And then when we went to the Hilton in Noosa Dua for our second week, I thought I'd just booked like a two-bedroom room. But what we ended up in was the presidential suite. So we were once again feeling very, very luxe and loving it. And I just kept saying to myself, this is my norm. This is totally normal. This is how we are. This is how we live. And this is what I want to be able to expect as well. And so just really lapping it all up was pretty amazing. I'm not going to lie. I could get used to this. I love that my kids are just like, this is their norm, which sometimes worries me but anyway you know I'm sure when you were a kid I don't know about you but I never traveled overseas when I was a kid we we didn't have a lot of money we didn't do a lot of things but you know it was still lovely and I love my childhood but yeah I do have to laugh sometimes at my kids when they're in these five-star presidential suite experiences private villas and they're like yeah whatevs this is just normal (laughs) but anyway it is good to be back I have to say that I have felt like I have been in a bit of a business fog for the last six or so months. Uh, I came out of Q4 with a lot of negative thoughts and some negative experiences and I kind of carried them over, which was not ideal, but I feel like this holiday has really cleared the cobwebs, cleared the fog, and I am feeling very clear on what it is that I am focusing on. And I just think, you know, something you just always have ups and downs in business. You can be flying high, business can be booming, things can be great. And then you make decisions, you do things, you make mistakes and you have dips and you've just got to ride them out. I was talking to a client about it today on a coaching call where, you know, when you get to choose to have the business that you want, to have the time that you want, to have, you know, the work that you want, you can't expect to have that all happen without hard bits. And so I just think that with the good and the amazingness of business also comes the choice that a lot of times it can be hard as well. And you don't get one without the other. Anybody that says that business is always easy and fun and amazing is telling you lies. I'm just going to say it. 
Uh, and I think it's really important to talk about. I shared when I was over in Bali that I was listening to a podcast uh, by Brooke Casillo, which I think it was called Success is Hard. And it's just that sometimes when we don't always share the fact that business can be hard as well as it can be amazing, then people just think that it's always amazing. And so I think it's really important. One of my business values is honesty and integrity. And so sharing the good with the bad, I think is really important. And so I'm already starting to craft some of the lessons that I've learned in the last 12 months from mistakes and failures and experiences and all the rest of it that I will absolutely be sharing with you because I always find it really valuable when my mentors share things that have gone wrong for them and just feeling like, oh my gosh, it's not just me. Like this is totally part of the entrepreneurial life. The ups, the downs, the good, the bad, and all the rest of it. But anyway, I'm feeling amazing after my Bali holiday, raring and ready to go. And today I want to talk about creating a lean and clean business because that is what I'm focusing on right now. It's what I'm helping my clients to do. It's about having a business that feels great, that works well, that's profitable, and that doesn't isn't cluttered. Yeah, we like minimalist business, not hoarder businesses. <laughs> so I'm just going to say it. But listen, I'm going to be sharing with you some of the things that I'm going to be focusing on over the next couple of weeks and months as well. And hopefully these are some things you can think about whether you do them in your business too. So without further ado, let's dive into this week's episode. So what I want to do is share with you, I guess, five things that we're doing in the business and how you can potentially do this as well. One of the things that I'm really focused on is having a lean, clean business because I feel like when you have a lean, clean business, it's easier to see where things might be going wrong or what you can improve on. And so it just makes it easier for you to be able to get the results that you want in your business. If you've got a lot going on, then it can be really hard to see the wood from the trees and understand what you need to change evolve, get rid of, all the rest of it. And so that's something that I teach my clients. It's something I talk about. It's something that I use as a practice in my business as well. And so I want to take you through a few different things. Now, before we dive into the five things that I'm kind of focusing on and how you can potentially do it in your own business. And I actually think the things that I'm going to share with you today, every single business, no matter whether your product, service, whatever business you are, these are just standard things that I think are really important for you to take a look at, think about, um, and really nail in your business as well. And can I just say, I'm always working on this. So there's never like an, you know, I got there, tick, end of, end of discussion. <laughs> like I'm always working on this. But the first thing that I just want to talk about before we dive into that is really tapping into how your business feels for you. So, I'm going to ask you, how does your business feel? Does it feel hard? Does it feel heavy? Does it feel simple? Does it feel easy? Does it feel streamlined? And I think um, just really naming it, I was actually on a, just like a coffee call with a group of entrepreneurial women and we were talking about resistance. So for example, what have you been resisting lately? And it was really interesting that the conversation that we had, I just said that 
you know, when I listen to other people, they're like, oh, I'm just really resisting, you know, doing sales or reaching out to my audience because I'm just really busy and, you know, I've just got a lot on and it just feels like a lot to do. And that's not really naming why you're in resistance. So I'm just using this as an example, but I feel like it's the same when I ask you, how does your business feel? Sometimes people can be like, it just feels hard. And it's like, okay, well, why does it feel hard? Like what elements of it feel hard? And so sometimes it's so worth taking the time to name it. It feels hard because I don't know how to sell or it feels hard because I don't understand the systems or it feels hard because I don't actually know what's working. And so when you can start to name how your business feels, like what is it about your business that's either feeling good or bad or otherwise, and you can start to drill down into it, then you can start to fix the problems that you might be experiencing. So for example, if I say my business just feels really heavy at the moment, well, why does it feel heavy? Well, it feels heavy because I feel like I have to do everything. Okay. So if I feel like I have to do everything, is there an opportunity for me to decide either to outsource the things that I don't want to do, or do I need to get rid of some things that I shouldn't be focusing on? And so I'll give you a really quick example. And I'm going to talk about this a little bit later is that I've kind of got like mini products in my business. So I've got the Bold Speakers Collective, Courageously You, Simple Sales, Podcast Brand Plan. Now, I don't actively like do launches for those. They're sitting there. But in my mind, I'm like, I'm not promoting them. I'm not marketing them. And so if I'm not marketing them, I've got products and services sitting there that I'm not selling. And so the question is, okay, well, Suze, do you, that feels heavy. So do you want to sell them? Well, yeah, I do. But do you want to market them separately to BBA and Amplify? No, I don't. Okay. So these are the options. You either get your VA to set up a marketing schedule for those individual small products. Otherwise you just roll those products into your other courses as bonuses or as additional content that people get. And then you just clear the decks. So that the only thing that is available for people to opt into, buy, do with you is BBA and Amplify. Now, to me, that feels really great. So that's one of the decisions that I'm making. But it's only when you name it as in my business feels heavy or it feels like, you know, not where I want it to be or it feels whatever because of these things that you can start to make decisions about how you change it. So that's the first thing I'm going to ask you. How does your business feel? Does it feel easy? Does it feel simple? Does it feel streamlined? Does it feel heavy? Does it feel hard? And then I want you to drill down as to what exactly that means. What bits of it feel the way that you are saying it feels. Does it feel like you know what's going on and do you know how to affect and change what's happening in your business? So I think this is the other thing. And one of the things that we talk about in BBA a lot, because obviously within BBA, it's about you learning the foundations of running a business, really. It's about learning how you set your brand strategy, your business strategy, how you understand how to manage money so that you're managing it well, you're paying yourself, etc. And so If you don't know how to run your business, if you don't know the key elements that you can look at to say, am I running it well? Am I doing the things that I need to do in order to grow the business, in order to market what I've got, in order to get more sales, et cetera, then it's going to be really hard for you to affect change. 
it's going to be hard for you to understand what needs to change, what your numbers and metrics mean, which we're going to talk about. But just understanding those things, I think, is really important. So the first question is, how does your business feel? Name it. The second question is, do you feel like you know how to affect change in your business? So that's really understanding how a business runs and what are the shifts and gears and levers that you need to push and pull in order to make things happen. Yeah. And so I think that those are just two things that when we talk about creating a lean and clean business, I want it to feel clean and I want it to also be lean so you can affect it and it feels really good. And so years ago, I've shared this as part of my brand story. I did a massive cleanup. We had lots of products and services. I got rid of 80%, made the business feel lean, clean, profitable. So we're back there. So we're kind of back there, yeah. So the Bold Speakers Collective I've had for quite a while. Um, I put it online actually like when we went into COVID as well. I've had it as bonuses, which has been great. Uh, But I don't really do that much speaker coaching anymore. And so it's a great program, but I'm going to roll it into Amplify. And when we have a speaker's retreat, then I usually give that as a bonus as well because it's relevant. But when I take a look at the podcast brand plan and also Courageously You, they were really, somebody else said to me, you need like lower priced products. And so I created those and they're great, but do I want to continuously sell them on their own? Not really. I just want to focus on BBA and Amplify. And so I just really want you to think about like, what does your service product and service landscape look like? And what do you need to potentially clean up for it to feel clean and lean to you as well? And so that's just the first thing is really tapping into your business feels, your business energy, really thinking about how could I clean this up? What needs to be cleaned up and how can I start to really make my business feel like something that I'm excited about and it does what I want it to do. Yeah. So those are just the feels that I want to start with first. So let's dive into the five things that we're doing at the moment that I think is worth every single business doing. The first one is actually like an email cleanup. And so I've really been working on my email messaging, my email content. I want my email to be part of my coaching. Yeah. So like I said before, if you're not signed up, then make sure you go to syschadwick.com forward slash subscribe, because I really want to be sharing more in-depth content, like what I'm sharing here on the podcast, going into more coaching detail, going into more business detail on my emails so that it's like incredible value for you. And so one of the things that we're doing is the email cleanup. So we've got, you know, several thousand people on our email list. We're about to do a big scrub where we're probably going to be getting rid of about 3000 off the list. Uh, And I just want to share the thought around this too, because a lot of people might kind of feel like, oh, that feels like you're getting rid of like so many people. But these are people who have either unsubscribed, their email bounced, so they put the wrong email in. Uh, They're unconfirmed. So when we had to confirm your subscription, they didn't confirm. Uh, And so they're dead emails. So basically I'm paying for them to be on my email list. 
I'm paying my, you know, active campaign provider when we're not actually emailing those people. So the first thought is let's get rid of any dead wood. Let's get rid of anything that we're not actually communicating with these people and we're paying for them. Let's clear the decks. So the first thing I just want to say to you is when was the last time you did a big email clean out? I think it's worth going back. Hopefully if you've got a good email management system, it makes it an easy thing for you to do. So I, uh, so my VA is doing this for me. We talked through it, what I want, what it looks like. We had a few lists, extra lists where I'm just like, we don't need to have lists. Let's do a big tag cleanup as well. So if you use tags in your business for segmentation, then we're going to be doing a big tag cleanup. So this is like one of the projects in our business for this quarter. And so that's something that I've outsourced to her. So really taking a look at, you know, the people that are not engaged as well. So once we do the clean out of the dead dead emails, then we will go and do an engagement campaign as well, which is basically where we will email everybody that may not have opened an email for the last 60 to 90 days. And we'll say, hey, do you want to stay on the list? If you do, then click here. So it will require them to take an action in order to stay on the list. Yeah. So once again, that can feel like hard or it can feel a bit scary for people because you're like, well, what if people don't click it? It's like, well, if they don't click it, then they're not engaged anyway. Once again, we're paying for people to be on the list who maybe are not wanting to be there. So let's just have the thought that when I clean my business up, it makes more room for abundance and for the right people to come and be connected with me, be in my community and for me to be able to work with them as well. And so that is just something that I want you to think about. So make sure that you go and delete anybody who has unsubscribed, unconfirmed, or has bounced emails. Um, You know, make sure that you run any kind of engagement campaign for people who have not engaged for a while. Uh, and And then at least when you send an email out and you look at the stats of how many people opened it, et cetera, then you're going to feel like these people want to be here. These people are engaged with what I'm sharing and saying. And as we know, like while social media is amazing, we always want to be growing our email list. And so we want to be growing the quality, not just the quantity. Yes, I want to grow my email list. Yes, I want the numbers to go up, but I want it to be of people who are engaged and want to be there. And so I think that that's just a thought generally in your business. Like you don't want followers on your socials who are not engaged. You don't want people on your email list who are not engaged. We want to be around people who want to be there and who are engaged. The second thing that I think is worth doing when you want to create a lean and clean business, which I just spoke about a little bit earlier when we were talking about how does your business feel, is consolidating your offers. So I will be rolling those smaller self-paced courses into my bigger ones, uh, probably by the end, I would say by the end of financial year. So I might kind of put out an offer, which is that if you wanted to buy them separately, then May and June, as I'm recording this in April, then, you know, up until the end of June, they'll be available and then they will only be available in my bigger programs as well. And so really take a look. Do you have products and services that you no longer offer? (laughs) That's a really simple question because sometimes we can be like, oh, yeah, like I've got all these products and services, but actually do your clients only buy two out of the five? Do you need to have the other offers that nobody ever buys? Is that telling you something? Like read the market, read your clients, understand what people are really wanting 
and then focus on that. And so doing a, you know, a product and service consolidation, I think is really important. Now, one of my clients has got a product-based business and she had like, when you went to go buy something, you could buy one item, but there were 30 different patterns and colors and things like that. And the feedback that I just gave her was that it feels really overwhelming. I'm in indecision. I'm just looking at this fabric, but I don't actually know what it would look like on the product and so she's now testing having like seasonal drops so for example these four prints are available for you know the next three months or something like that and it just gives people a bit more of a oh okay I'm going to pick this one because I've only got to pick one out of four rather than one out of 30 and that was one of the biggest issues back you know a few years ago when I before I cleaned my business up was that there were so many products and services. People were like, I want to work with you, but I don't know which one to choose. And so you want to make sure that you are really directing your clients to the product or service that you think is going to give them the best result and the best outcome. And I think that we are very much in a scarcity mindset when we think we have to offer all of the things all of the time. It's like, oh, well, if I don't give them all of this choice, then they're not going to want to buy from me. But sometimes, and it depends on your business, but sometimes when we give people less options, it helps them to make a decision. And it also means that you understand your client as well. So whilst I could offer like a hundred different products and services, there are really only two to three things that I want to do with my clients. And I know that these things get them the outcome wherever they are in their business, like at that particular time or or level in their business as well. And so just really think about that. Who is the client that you really want to work with and what product or service do they want that you love? There has to be that alignment. Yeah. And so really think about, do I need to clean up my products and services? Do I need to get rid of anything that's not selling? Do I need to get rid of anything that is attracting clients that I actually don't want to work with anymore? I had another client where um, she had a number of packages and she's like, I get clients that keep buying this lower package, but it takes me so much time and it's actually not the one I want to sell. So I just said to her, so why do you have it? (laughs) Why do you have a product? that you don't want to offer your clients. And also if you know that that's not giving them the best result, like the next product up that might be a bit more expensive is actually going to get them a better result. Sometimes you just got to stand in your conviction and be like, okay, we don't offer that product anymore because we know that when we have clients that pay a bit more to get this outcome, that's where we want to play. It's about brand positioning as well. Chanel's not going to be offering something that's $5. Yeah, they are quite happy at their brand position with the products and service that they have. They'll have limited numbers, you know, of exclusive things. And I think you've just got to decide who do I want to work with? What's the outcome I want to give them? What's the product and service that I love to offer? What's the one that's profitable for me? Yeah, where we are being rewarded for our time, our effort, our knowledge, our experience, and we're not just trying to sell whatever we can sell. So that's the second thing is to consolidate your offers. The third thing that I think can really help you have a lean and clean business is understanding your lead generation. Now, this is something that I think like I definitely want to talk more about 
um, because it obviously links into sales. But I've had a number of lead magnets. Once again, I had one for the Bold Speakers Collective. I had one for Courageously You. I had one for BBA. I've got one for Amplify, blah, 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 all the things. <laughs> so many opt-ins. And so now it's stepping back and saying, what is the one opt-in that I want to share that's going to attract the type of client that I want? Yeah. So for me, the thing that I'm passionate about is helping women understand how to run their business well so that they can earn money and pay themselves and become more confident in the way they run their business. So the question I have to ask is, what is the opt-in? What is the lead magnet that attracts those types of people to me? And then how am I measuring it as well? So let's talk about the lead gen first, yeah? So my question is, how are you getting more clients to you? And do you just have one thing that is attracting the right type of client? Because the thing is, is that you might have multiple products and services, but if you have a lead generation, either a lead magnet or just a lead generation strategy that is really targeting the type of clients that you want to be working with, then you can bring them into your business and you can nurture them and then you can offer them the different things. And so that's something that I'm doing a big cleanup at the moment where I'm going to be redoing the main lead magnet and we're just going to have one lead magnet. And the reason that we're going to have one lead magnet is because then we can measure it. So for example, I can see, well, how many, you know, what marketing are we doing to it? So obviously I could be sharing it here on the podcast every week. Uh, we have it on the website, on socials, wherever I want to have it we can have that and then we can measure where people are coming from. We can also do paid ads to it and then we can see how many people landed on the page, how many people signed up, you know, how many people went through the nurture sequence, how many people purchased whatever the offer was. And so if you've just got one, then you can really dive into how it's working and you can tweak it and see if you can make it better. Can we get better conversions? Can we get more people on the page? Can we get more leads coming through that are highly qualified? And so if we get more people coming through, then we can also say, are they the right clients? And if they're not, then we can tweak the messaging, etc. So I just think that when you've got one really great lead gen strategy, opt-in, whatever you use, whatever you want to call it, then you can measure what's working and what's not. So for example, even when I was in consulting, we had a lead generation strategy. So I would be going to networking events. I would be connecting with people. We had like an employer branding overview that we would give to clients. So, and it would really kind of encourage a discussion about where they were in their business when it came to attracting top talent into their business. Uh, And we would take a look at, we would kind of assess like what, each of the elements in their business, whether it was working or not when it came to attracting top talent. So this works for small businesses and it works for like consulting corporate clients as well. What is your lead gen strategy? How are you measuring what's working and what's not? The fourth thing, which totally ties into that, that we're looking at once again, to have a lean, clean business is understanding your numbers. So my VA at the moment, which I'm very excited about, we've kind of had different iterations of this. I feel like we need a new one, which is what she's doing, which is setting up like a full stats data spreadsheet for us to see what's working, um, you know, and what what's not working as well. And so I know that when 
we do this, then we can keep improving and making sure that we're getting it better. But I just think that, you know, one of the things that I talk to my clients about is really having that CEO mindset, which means that you know what's happening in your business. You understand the metrics, the money, the stats, the numbers. So, you know, website visitors, conversion rates, your profit and loss, all the rest of it. And so when you've got a lean, clean business, if I was to say to you, like, what was your profit and loss for last month? What was your profit and loss for the last quarter? What's your tax bill that's going to be coming out, like, you know, last last quarter, whatever that was? How many people came to your website in the last month? Those sorts of numbers, I think, even if, if you don't know them off the top of your head, it's something that you should be looking at regularly so that you can start to affect. Once again, that's what we were talking about at the beginning. Can you affect change in your business? And I think that this is where I really want to encourage you to tell yourself that it's this is not hard. I can work this out and that this is going to help me make better decisions in my business. Because I think that the thoughts that a lot of my clients or a lot of women that I speak to have, it is just like, I'm not good with numbers. I'm not good with money. I'm not good with tech. And I just really want to encourage you that if you run a business, this is something you need to get good at. It's like when we tell our kids, the more you practice something, the more you spend time on it, the better you'll get with it. Well, I'm going to say that to you. The more you understand what it is you need to learn, the more you spend time in that, the better you'll get at it. This happens all the time with my clients when they come to me and they've got no accounting software, they've not tracked their numbers, they don't know what's happening. And it's just like, let's just take one step at a time. Let's just do this one little thing here. Let's take a look at this number. What does that tell us? Yeah. And then let's take a look at it next month. What could we do to affect that? So if we want to get more people coming to the website, what are all the different strategies that we could potentially use to make that happen? Now that we've got all these people coming to this particular sales page, you know, if we had 100 but and we had 10 people buy, well, then we had a 10% conversion rate. Like Liz is really, this can be simple. This can be easy. How can we make this and how can we tell ourselves that this is something that I can understand? This is something that I can learn and this is something that I can totally do as well. And so really spend time to understand your numbers, because I think if you want to have a clean, lean, profitable business, the only way that you can do that is by diving into the numbers. But the great thing is, is that if you don't have loads going on in your business, if it is lean, then you don't have loads of numbers to look at. You've just got a couple of key numbers that you can look at, and then you can start playing with how you make those numbers better. So that's something that I think is really important. And if you don't know what they are, then come and work with us in BBA and we will work through that with you. Number five is client insights. So I'm going to be interviewing a number of my clients to get more insights and feedback on our products and services so that I can keep making them better. Plus, it just helps me to really understand the problem that I'm solving in 2023. So I know my clients really well. I have conversations with them all the time, but we've just been through a live round of BBA 
And so I'm setting up some conversations with some of my clients where I kind of want to break down the problem. I want to break down what like really worked for them. I want to break down like what some of their big insights were, like where they are now, those sorts of things. And so whilst I can have ongoing conversations with clients, sometimes it's really great to sit down and have a formal conversation with specific questions that you want to ask. Uh, And it doesn't have to be long. It can be 20 minutes. Yeah. So this is something that I've always done in my business. And it's something that I try and do probably once every six months uh, just to make sure that we're continuing to make things better. And even with Amplify, like I've seen a lot of my clients have results, but I really want to put like a stronger process in place. I want to have stronger success criteria where we're like, these are the outcomes that you're going to have. This is what we want to measure things on. I want to make sure that my clients are getting the results that they want. And it can be money. It can be development of products and services. It can be their mindset. It can be like just how they're showing up, their confidence. So it's really taking a look at what do we want to measure and how do we measure it? And then how are we having conversations with our clients to make sure that they're getting the results as well? Because I am not interested in clients just buying from me and not getting results. And so... For me, I'm like, okay, what's the next iteration of this? What are we going to do that's different, that's better, that's stronger, that's more measurable, that sort of thing. So really understanding your clients is a, I think, something that people don't do enough. Uh, And I think that it can make your products and services better. I think it can make you better. I think it can make it easier for you to sell what you have because you have a deeper understanding about what the client problem is and what the outcome was when they worked with you in a measurable, tangible way. So those are five things that we're doing to continue to build and create a lean, clean, profitable business. So the first one was the emails because that's, you know, that's where we are connecting with our clients on a regular basis. Consolidating your offers was number two, making sure that you're only selling the things that you want to sell and you're positioning them in the way that you want. The third thing was around your lead gen your lead generation, knowing what's bringing you the right clients and making that better, understanding your numbers. So continuing to really hone in on the few numbers that make the biggest difference in your business and then really understanding your clients and your client insights. So I just like to do spring clean every now and again. It's not even spring here. I think it's spring in the US. It's autumn here in Australia. But If that is something that you want to do, then those are five things that I think are a great place to start. And I, you know, just going back to what I said at the beginning, asking yourself, how does my business feel? And if it does not feel amazing, if it does not feel good, then what do you need to do in order to make it feel better and for you to enjoy it and love it? And I don't think your business is always going to feel amazing. I just want to say that, like, you know, we're not here to be happy all the time, uh, but it is something that you want to affect in a positive way and continue to evolve and grow. And that's growing you as a business owner and as a person and growing your business and growing your clients. So let me know if that resonated for you. Send me a DM at Suze Chadwick on Instagram. Make sure that you subscribe as well because there is more good stuff coming And yeah, can't wait to continue to share with you everything that's happening, the good, bad, the amazing, the ugly, (laughs) because that's how business is. And we, we love it that way too. Yeah. Have an amazing week and I will speak with you soon.